Welcome to the Growing Up Not Growing Old podcast. My name is Mike Russo, your host as always. When I first started this show, I had this idea for the podcast. I wanted to get my core group of friends on here to tell the stories we tell when we're, al- when we're alone together. I secretly recorded my friends. That's how I got the idea for this. Secretly recorded my friends hanging out, and it was funny as fuck. I was like, hey, maybe other people might be interested in this. But of course, when you're recording... That shit doesn't come across because people aren't as honest as they are normally. And then I got to thinking outside of my little circle, who who else would I I I might want to talk to? And my guest tonight is one of the people that popped in my mind along with a couple other people. And um, one of the reasons my guest um was in my head because I think he's a real interesting guy. I don't know you too well. Uh, I've only talked to you a couple of times, but a couple of times I've talked to you, I've been really impressed with what you got to say. Um, so, uh, Mark Brocco, man, what's up? What's going on? I'm just, uh, I think you should just leave it at me being interesting and don't get to know me anymore because you'll be disappointed. You know, we now we got to get into that. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. Now we got to get into that a little bit. Well, in order to be disappointed, you have to have expectations. I have moderate expectations, and I haven't met those yet. Uh-oh. No, just, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm 28 years old, uh, unfortunately, still living home, you know, and um, it's not that, you know, it's not that we're not capable. It's just, uh, I don't know, maybe I just, uh, you know, I want to do amazing things, you know, exceptional things, and I think that um, I'm kind of scared of getting into the... Uh, you know, falling into mediocrity, that maybe I've been pushing back, you know, trying to stay away, like, you know, like um, like the show's title, you know, uh, you know, getting old. Maybe I'm afraid of that, you know, maybe. Yeah, who uh, isn't, really, yeah. You know, I'm, it's uh, it's really strange. Uh, maybe it's just me, you know, I see a lot of my friends, they're, uh, you know, they're doing well for themselves, you know, they're, um, you know, some of them are mechanics, some of them are uh, IT guys, others, you know, marketing, banking. That's fine. That's great. And, you know, they have their whole lives and stuff like that. They get married. But what's their level of happiness with that? I think that's what you kind of get at. When you say uh, mediocrity, that to me says um, you want more for yourself, which always kind of equals into, like, self-gratitude or happiness. You know what it is? It's um, – I never knock anybody who's happy to – to anybody who is truly happy, I'm freaking jealous because that's that's all you have to be. You know, it doesn't matter how much you have. And I'm not saying that I need to be rich or famous to be happy. I just, I have certain expectations of myself. You know, I just, um, even since I was a little kid, I always just thought I had to, had to make my mark on this world. And I guess after I graduated college, you know, you know, with my generation, um, you know, we were told, you know, you're going to go off and do big things, you know, great things. And I think with the way that the uh, the country is with now, it's just not the case. There's like this malaise that's just hanging over the country. And, you know, and I guess um, a lot of people were going to probably settle into, you know, middle of the road stuff anyways. And if that's what people want, that's what makes them happy. Little house, some kids, that's fine. I just, I guess I always... Saw myself as being adventurous and, you know, um, curious about uh, academia and things like that. And I guess because maybe it's because of my own limitations or maybe it's because of that there's not that many opportunities. I just feel like 
you know, not knocking FedEx or anything like that, but you know, just um, I don't know. I just I feel like I have this wandering, you know, uh, spirit that I just gotta I gotta follow somewhere and suburbia, you know, um, you know, moderate, you know, average. I just don't think that uh, that's me, and I think that's why I've probably just been holding back. And well, not, yeah. Uh, you know, so I mean, uh, I well, when you when you sh- when you want great things for yourself, it's not like when you have. You can't quite relate with. I'm doing air quotes. Normal people, the people you speak of with the house and the kids, and and they're happy and they're doing. When you want, the reason I'm saying this because I kind of have the same feeling myself. When you have that feeling, you can't really tell someone else. It's hard to relate. So, like, the less people you can talk to about it, the less opportunities approach themselves. Because it all starts with that one step in the right direction of wherever you want to go. Until you make that step, everything seems dark. Everything's dark out there. And it's like, how the fuck do I get to where the fuck I want to be? But if, if, if you could find that way to make that one step to whichever direction you want to go, I think it'll be much easier. And this 28 living at home shit, this is a different culture. That shit don't really matter anymore. Like back in the day, what? Yeah. But now it's like, good. May save your fucking money. You know what you I'm know, saying? It's it's funny because it's, um, you know, uh, I live in Dick Sells, which is apparently, according to uh, Wikipedia, something like the 19th most affluent town in, uh, in the country. And country? Oh, shit. Yeah, in the country. And then there's people down the block, lady, 32, 33 years old, living at home, who was like this financial guru, had her own house. And because the housing market uh, took a dive, you know, she's living at home. And, you know, I mean, uh, I see some of my friends who are independent. They are just scraping by. And um, It's rough out there, it's, man. You know, and it's so funny because I have people my age who are independent. They're telling me, come on, go out and get out there. And then people who are older and on their homes, they're saying, stay at home. Stay at home, save your money. And I'm get, like, get out where? Like, independence. Well, uh, any any way, you know. I think um, living on your own and stuff like that. You know, is that? I mean, I guess the def that is the definition of independent. But I think independence, for what little I do know of you, you're independent. You're just you're an independent soul, just from what you said already. I've always thought of myself as an independent thinker. Um, definitely. You know, off the beaten path with um, my interests, philosophies, opinions, whatever whatever it may be. But um, when it comes to other independents, I... All right, at this time, we uh, had some technical difficulties. Not even technical difficulties. Uh, somebody called me while we were recording, and it just fucking stopped the whole show. But it was only for a couple seconds, so you didn't really miss anything. So when Mark uh, starts talking again or continues talking, it's not like it's a whole other subject or anything. They re- you really, really didn't miss much. I apologize for that. All right, back to the show. Okay, uh, we're back. Um, we were talking about pretty much just life in general, really. Um, specifically, kind of life in New York, really, because uh, a lot of people, you said the people who are out there independently are scraping by. And uh, I'm one of those people. It's rough. And um, the culture is different. If you're living at home, like you said, the people who are out there successful saying stay at home, save your money, the culture is different. If you can live at home 
and um, save money to get you where you want to be. <laughs> you know, whatever it is, I think that's great, man. I'll never fault anybody for that. You know, it's just, uh, I guess, as everybody gets older, it uh, you feel that pressure uh, from the world. But I guess more than anything else, you feel it from yourself, you know, to make something of yourself. And um, then you start to think about, uh, you know, what do I want to do? And what do I have to do? What are my dreams? And um, what can I do just because it's available, just because it's within my ability? And I think that's, uh, at least personally, where I am, you know, I mean, uh, you know, if I'm going to, you know, for instance, I'm going to, I am or I'm going to be enrolled in the management program at FedEx. It's a great job, pays well, but I, I'm just afraid that I'm going to end up doing that begrudgingly. And, um, yeah, you don't want to be in that I'm position. I'm going to end up, you know, like 45, 50 years old, and I'm going to be like, oh my God, what happened to my life? You Are know? you familiar with the movie Fight Club or sure. the book? I never read the book, but yes, I've, I've seen Fight Club. Uh, now, there's a scene in Fight Club where uh, Tyler Durden, Brad Pitt's character, says, we were raised to think we're supposed to be movie stars because of the movies or or, or rock stars because of music and we're raised to be because we're rich. And and that is true because when I was growing up, it was uh, listening to music and, and watching movies. And, and even though it's like a... F- fraudulent feeling I had always feeling of oh I sh- I want to be great like um, so it was kind of like a, a almost like Hollywood like fucking shaking me down a little bit for um, just oh I want to watch the movie I love movies love movies love movies I feel like I should be great but it's really fraudulent it's not real you can't really get there like that you know what I'm saying I never pursued a, a career in writing acting directing singing anything like that that's on me I guess in the end but I still have that feeling that you do like there's gotta be something else but I don't know what it is I guess maybe part of the reason why I started this podcast because I just want to do something else be creative I want to be creative you know what I'm saying just something I want to create shit yeah, that's um that just boils down to you know most people wanting to do something uh, significant and special and expressing yourself, um, you know, whether it's uh, productive or or not, it, it you know, it's just um, it's a release. You know, I definitely understand yes. what you mean about uh, being uh, creative because um, both on a conscious and unconscious level, it's what you want to do. I mean, at the very least, uh, you know, you do it every day just by speaking to somebody or giving them your opinion, and um, it, you know, it. Uh, branches off from there and you know you see where you take it but um you know it's it's within within everybody you know to want to do something to want to build something you know for some people unfortunately it's the opposite you know they want to destroy things yeah but i think that um you know most people you know they want to it all depends people want to make something of themselves and what that happens to be is different for everybody and i think just personally for me it happens to be you know um you know in the spot like not necessarily, not necessarily myself but you know just uh you know where it's uh, it's bigger and it's brighter and it's uh you know yeah well being creative is very underrated um the reason i say that is cuz 
I've always had this urge to create something, but I never had skill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I came up with this idea one time to, I wanted to make a zombie comic book. Now, this is way before Walking Dead. Actually, it was while Walking Dead was happening, but I haven't read the books yet. And my girl Angela is an artist. So I came up with an idea. Hey, I'll write the story. You draw it. And eventually, we came up with the idea of I'll write my story. You write your story. Two totally different stories in the same universe. Eventually, they'll come together. I started writing. Um, I know it's a cliche, but it was like I puked on the page. I was like, I was like, I was like, all my insides and everything came out. Not even planned. Just writing shit that I planned to write. And then I was like, oh, I'm stuck. But then I just kept going and shit just came built from one, built from another thing. And it was such a great feeling to create something that was mine. Influenced by other shit, but it was fucking mine. Now, you know something about that. Now, uh, you're a bit of a writer yourself. Not that I am. I'm not a writer at all because I fucking, two months later, I had a, br- I had a fucking wall. And I haven't been back since. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know a little bit about that. Yeah, um... You know, I guess that's, um, I've always had an interest in, uh, writing and, uh, being creative. And like I said, you know, I wanted to, like many other people, I wanted to do something. I want to be creative. I wanted to be productive. I wanted something to be proud of. And I wanted to have some sense, I guess more than anything, some sense of achievement. And I thought of, you know, I see people who made music and I'm like, I just want to, I wish it could be part of that, but I don't have any musical talent. People, you know, who are... Um, well, don't give up yet, because music today is so fucking shitty I know, that so you bad. could do it on your Mac or your PC. Oh, God, it's so horrible. You know, half <laughs> these people, they um, half of these uh, these beats and stuff like that, they're presets in these, uh, you know, in these uh, these beat machines and all these synthesizers. You can, if you fall around with them, you just go to, like... You know, a guitar center fool around with some of the functions listen to pop music and you're like wow half the shit that I was just playing with is on these songs it's amazing and then you get a girl with a halfway decent voice to say the same verse three times over and over again loop it you got a hit see um, you know what it is I, I guess maybe it's just culture in general but you know as more money flows through more capital becomes just throughout the world economy, the American economy, um, you know, it's going to make its way into music. So back when people were more interested in substance, you know, I mean, that's where elite, where music came from was, you know, the heart, the soul, substance, that's its origins, and it kept going on and on. But once it started to become a product that oh. people could really market, so that's when out. people started deciding for you what you were going to like, you know, and um, that's kind of why people don't realize it, but when they, you know, they say, I like this pop artist, I like that pop artist, you don't, you didn't make that decision. Somebody made that decision for you. That music that's being played on the radio was not your choice, and somebody, just because it's there, it's all you're going to listen to, it's all you like. Personally, you know, I, I like whatever I like. This just happens to be me, but um, you know, I search out. You know, I start from one, then the other, then the other, and um, you know, I find a, I find what I like. And most of the time, it doesn't happen to be um, on the radio. I mean, I'm not saying that you know pop music can't be good. I just find that most of it isn't. And, and also, a lot of it is repackaged 
See, this is how they get you, or this is how they get the youth. What was a hit once would be a hit again. So they get the youth because they think it's a new song, but they're bringing the older people because it's a repackaging of another song. You know how many songs, pop songs, I hear now that I'm like, isn't that the police? No, it's Bruno Mars. No, yeah. that's Sting. That's Sting. No, no, that's the that's Bruno Mars. I thought that you know I know that another song you know you're talking saying? about. It's, it's the same shit. You know what it is? Um, I guess because um, music has become an economy, there's much more pressure to, you know, uh, make money, you know, sell records and push product. And when that happens, you have to go with something you know that's sold in the past because nobody wants to lose their jobs. So they got to do what they know is going to make music because it has in the past. Therefore... If you, you have to recycle the same old shit. That's why there's not as much growth. And, you know, back in the day, you know, I mean, music's always, always been, a, you know, obviously, you know, a focal point for all culture. But I guess, you know, it was it was a little bit more pure back then. You well, know, there was I a mean, lot of music, not to interrupt you, but a, a lot of music was used to get through fucking hard times. But that's the thing, you know, I mean, it was um, it was a reflection of the times. It was, you know, um, in the 60s, it was a revolution, you know, uh, the Great Depression, you know, the war and stuff like that. You know, it was people were speaking from their hearts. They were speaking in the voice of a generation. And people are kind of speaking from the voice of the generation also. Listen to them, you know, like, because, you know, I guess we're just so overfed and just so obese on you know money and you know just shopping and consuming consuming you know uh, i mean you know listen to what everything you know cars and girls and drugs you know i mean there's people don't want to think stop and think about the politics of things because you know it's easier to turn your head away and you know, it doesn't sell, doesn't sell records, and you know that's, it just works out for everybody. Do when nobody's think, paying attention. Do you think that? How much of an effect does pop culture, music, what we're talking about, um, celebrities that don't do shit like Kardashian and Paris Hilton, um, the image of con- consumption, cars, girls, jewelry, um. Do you think these things affect the future of our country? I th- I personally think it does. Absolutely. Because um, these fucking kids coming up, they want that shit without... They don't realize that you got to work for that. You know what it is? I think that you can... Uh, those are glued to the couch. I know, you can't I, pick those up. <laughs> they, they bought these brand new couches for me. I know they're sitting here. Um, you know what it is? I think that you can... Uh, you can see um, these reality stars and, uh, you know, people like the Kardashians and stuff. I can see, I personally see them as almost like if one can say that culture is a living, breathing, you know, organism, then I think that that kind of thing, you know, people getting famous for no reason, Paris Hilton and stuff like that, I think it's like a cancer. There's... um. It, I remember reading... Uh, it is spreading. Yeah, it's definitely spreading. And, um, you know, it's like uh, it's more things without substance. The things that don't 
belong, but they're there and they're growing and nobody knows why. Here's the thing that bothers me. People love that shit. People watch that Kardashian show. They they love the Paris Hilton when she was big. And the number one rated cable show, I mean, ever, is Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty? How, the, did, how did that work? The, this season premiere uh, brought in 11 million people. Oh my God. It's about those rednecks who invented a duck call. And um, yeah. they have big beards and shit. You ever see that? I've seen the commercials. That is the number one watch show in America. Oh, my God. There's fucking quality programming out there. And that's what the problem is because people are fucking feeding into this shit. The more they feed into it, the more they make it. You know what it is? Um, there's something in culture um, when you become a first world country. There's something called diseases of affluence. And specifically... When you, when you apply it to a person, a living organism, a disease of affluence is like when you just have too much food and, you know, you're just, there's so much shit, you know, that you become obese or you get diabetes or, you know, there's heart attacks. That's diseases of affluence. There's so much that your body is, you can't handle it. Now you've got all these, you know, instead of, you know, starving, you know. You're killing yourself because you're stuffing yourself. And I think that I think that you could say that, you know, people being famous for being famous is another disease of affluence. I don't know how much of it you would see in other countries, but I guarantee I can almost guarantee that we're the highest the highest output of, you know, people who are famous for famous. And I think that's just because we're just so not saying us as a country, but I think that, you know, a lot of these people who control, you know, the media and rich people themselves, of course, they're just kind of full of it. They're full of themselves. Yeah. So, you know, you see these people like the Kardashians and um, the Hiltons, you know, they're a cancer. They don't belong. And that's because, you know, we've just like, we're just so gorging ourselves on, you know, glamour and money and things that don't have any substance that if you keep shoveling shit down your throat you're gonna end up with tumors like the kardashians and you know and the Heltons, you know in uh in a real world uh, you know a real healthy world in a struggling world in you know a progressive world they don't belong only in only in America can that shit happen they're definitely not progressive I wouldn't definitely the progressive world you're right progressive that's regressive, that shit. Very much. Yeah. It, it really is a fucking cancer. And, and so many people are saying what we're saying. But the country loves it. It's so fucked. And the obesity thing, that's not just... That's a physical thing. I mean, you walk around, go to the mall. Everybody's fat. Yeah. Everybody's fucking fat. But we're not the fattest in the uh, in the world anymore, apparently. I think in Mexico was the fattest. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think I heard that Mexico... I heard that... Um, I'm not sure if it was Iran or Saudi Arabia. They're like second or third. I mean, we're up there. But apparently we're not the fattest anymore. Well, there is that one country. I forgot what country it is that they, they, they fatten up their women on purpose. They go on like gorges and shit. I saw that. I saw that. It was on Vice, right? You saw that? that yeah. Was I saw that episode. That was fucking disgusting. They force feed them um, just because... Um, Everywhere except for America, because we have so much food that we value skinny. Everywhere in the world, um, throughout antiquity, 
you would see anybody who was fat was fed well, and if they were fed well, they were wealthy. So being fat was a sign of being wealthy. And let's face it, people are turned on and they're attracted by money. So pretty much from as soon as civilization started, anybody who was fat was attractive. And in other cultures um, where you don't have as much wealth, the few families who could afford it, like they showed on Vice, they force feed these girls to become as fat as possible. Then, you know, men are going to want them and then they're going to marry them and they're going to do well for themselves. You know, a lot I mean, of those old paintings, like old paintings from old France or wherever, was uh, fat naked women. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the, um, you look at a lot of uh, early uh, early paintings, you know, throughout the Renaissance, the medieval times, you know, in Europe, the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the nudes, um, they're uh, they're kind of chubby, they're chubby, you know, and. Um, you know what's funny? Did you ever notice that all the paintings of the fat girls f- f- had no boobs? They all had little titties. I always noticed that all the fat... They always had flatsos, like pancake tits. <laughs> they, know, they never I, had big fucking bosoms. Hmm, I wonder why. I'm, I guess uh, that's a good point. I never noticed like big ass titties and, and you know, yeah. like Michelangelo. <laughs> yeah, right? That's fucking weird. But, uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I do know that um, in Europe... I'm not sure if it was France or wherever it was but um it's when you look at some of the pictures of the of the women with the big uh the big hair and the white faces they had a lot of cleavage you ever notice that yeah it was almost like they wore that corset too that like fucking the corset picked them up it squished them up and uh that's a good look by the way it is a good look and uh even in uh even in some cases they went so far as to it was publicly acceptable for the women to, to bear their nipples and it's like you know, it's just it went. That still goes on today with America and Europe, because I mean, Europe has naked commercials and naked shows, and they curse, and we are up to, still uptight about that shit. That's you know, uh, I think that's the reason. I think that um, we're just you know we're so uptight. And Let me ask you about that. Let me ask you about that. This is I don't know if, if you have any knowledge on this or insight on this. Have you noticed? You must have. The sensitivity level of America. Paula Dean said nigger 20 years ago, and she's in trouble. Did you know about this? I heard something about that. All right, fucking Tracy Morgan. This is an old story. Tracy Morgan's a c- comedian. He said on stage, if my son comes home and says he's gay, I'll shoot him in the head or stab him or whatever. But it's a joke. He got in trouble. Like, stand-up comedians are getting in trouble for what they're saying. Paula Dean said... A, a racial slur 20 years ago she's getting in trouble it's like outrage w- without context that's a good that's a good point um you know and like I s- that's that's really hard to to point out i mean i think just because people were i wouldn't say that they were as sensitive because you know back then you know nobody cried about it they killed you if you were you know gay or ethnic you know so i i think that still those that, uh the bigotry goes on and i just think that um there again you know also with everything just being you know things are so well that almost like people have to look for problems america you know so much more than every other country when you look at every other country, 
there's like you can pretty much trace their entire history as a people back hundreds of thousands of years. You know, we're only about 200 and what, 250, 300 years old. So, but we're not made up of one people. We are made up of every single person on the planet. And while most of China or most of Sweden or most of Australia, because they've been there so long, they, and they're just one, partially ethnic, but part, they mostly have a, a very strict national identity. America is 330 million private parties. It's everybody against themselves. And being capital, being in a capitalist city, you know, that's why there's such a disparagement in in the classes because nowhere else in the world, you know, do they say, get money. That's, that's just basically it. So you have everybody competing. You're not taking anybody with you because when you look to the person to your left, you look to the person to your right, they have a different background, they have a different point of view, so you don't feel as connected to them. And makes a lot of sense, yeah. And that's why in a lot of other countries I feel like whether it whether it's regression or progression, things happen a lot quicker. It's cuz you know, when you have the same national identity for so long, I guess for the most part, you're usually on the same page. If your classes are usually, you know, there isn't as much uh, class separation, pretty much everybody's on the same page. We have a million different classes. We have a million different religions, political views. And I think that's why sometimes things in America get so stagnant. You know, everybody's like, things suck. Why are things changing? It's because you have a million different political parties nobody's on the same page everybody wants something different you know and unfortunately it takes horrible things for us to you know to come together as a nation when like it shouldn't like 9-11 yeah i mean whether for better or for worse you know everybody you know they got on a you know a similar page whether it was against terrorism the war in iraq and afghanistan you know but um I think that's, uh, that's where, America's handicap is like we where, just we can't work together. Where did that where did that go awry? Because if you look back to the old days, uh when when Irish and the Italian were coming in, uh, and then you know, you have World War One, World War Two, everybody was rah rah America. That was the thing. Every I think you had real unity then. You know, everyone was about America. You know, and then was it Vietnam that changed everything? You know, it's um, it's you know, you could say Vietnam, where a lot of people lost their confidence. Was it the Beatles? In the is government, everything the, is everything the Beatles' fault? Because they, I could blame them for pop music too. You could for the industry changing, and I, I you know, I'm gonna blame the Beatles for all the world wars, actually, right now, including <laughs> world, including World War One. Yep, that was way before them, but that still, was way before them. Um, you know, you know, you think. That's what the history books tell you. Take a look at a uh, great movie. I watch it all the time. Gangs of New York. Not everybody was on the same page. You know, you had a million different gangs, ethnic minorities. You know, when you would say right now that you would look at an Irish person and you would say, well, that guy's, he's not American. He's uh, he's ethnic. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Irish, ethnic? 
you know, this guy's been here for 100 years. Back then, when the Irish were coming in, you know, off the boats into Ellis Island, they were so they were thought of as locusts. They were thought of as foreign hordes. And you're thinking, and you know, when you think now, they were all white back then. What does it matter? It's you know. It's, Here's the thing about that though. The the mainlanders, what were they called? The, the uh, naturalists, the the build the natives. You got the natives, you got the guys coming in, the scourge, the Irish. Yeah. They all wanted to be Americans. Irish wanted to be Americans. The natives said, we're the true Americans. But the thing is, they all wanted to be Americans. And I think once all that shit blew over and they came in, that was the unity. I think that as time goes on, you know, also um, grievances kind of, you know, they, they get forgotten, you know, and people start to mesh together. You know, I mean, if when more and more people start coming here, I guess you could say now we're like, oh, well, you know, Irish and the English and the Scottish and the Italians and the French, you know, they're all European. They're all white, quote unquote white. You know, back then there was a big difference because, you know, you know, it wasn't as mixed. Now, you know, you wouldn't have if there are people who are, are, are racist or bigots, they're not looking so much, you know, the Italian guy is not fighting as much the Irish guy or the English guy. Now they're intimidated by, you know, people who are coming from Asia, South America, because they're much more different, you know. And I think that's maybe why those things that you saw in gangs in New York were, you know, not as, not as obviously not as prevalent now because, you know, if there's anything that, White people hate, you know, it's, uh, you know, but, you know, like I'm saying, it's just, you Let know. me ask you a question. If a black guy, if I get, if I'm on the, if I'm driving, right, mm-hmm. and a fucking asshole's in, the, in a car next to me, she's driving like a dick, and he cuts me off, and I roll down my window, I say, you fucking nigger, am I a racist? In this current climate right now we live in. I suppose. I suppose. I, I say mean, no. No, why is that? I would. Because, I would. Say, you know why? Because if it was an Iraq, a white Iraq Z that pulled me over with an Italian flag on it, I'd be like, "You fucking guinea." That's yeah. the problem with the country now. It's like I'm not calling him a nigger, a guinea, a spick, a mick because I f- I'm against them. It's because they did something to me, and I want to hit them where it hurts. Now, if I was a celebrity and that happened. I'm a racist. I'm the skirt. I got to go on a fucking apology tour. I'm fired. Like that's, that's the that's the problem with this country. They don't understand context. I you want to hurt someone where it hurts. I you, don't I when like, you want to say something or hurt somebody really bad, you go you say something like that. But unfortunately, if you say something that's racist, you're going to be portrayed, you know, people are going to think you are. You know, that's why uh, people fucking they knee jerk react. He said spick. He's against Spanish people. I'm half Spanish. I don't hate Spanish people. I hate that Spanish person. I'm calling him a spick. My mother's Spanish. I'm not racist against. I'm I'm a, I'm Italian, and I and I call people uh, you know guineas and and uh, fucking goomba giants all the time. Dirty wap, all the time. Yeah. But the thing is, like, oh, you hear that word? Someone said guinea, spick, mick, nigger, uh, chink, kike, but it doesn't mean. Like, um, uh, doesn't mean Paula Dean is a racist because she said nigga 20 years ago. 
It's, they, they just knee-jerk react, take it out of context. It's 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 just crazy. I don't that that whole thing is. It's the degeneration of the, of the country. I think, man. Then you know what it also is. I mean, yes, true. There are real and present problems going on with race relations. Absolutely, they are genuine. There are plenty of genuine things. Oh hell yeah! But then again, in a broader spectrum, you know, like I, like I was saying, without you know being affluent. Doesn't matter when people got nothing to complain about. They're gonna complain about something, especially if they're part of a group that their whole purpose is to complain about stuff. They'll find something to complain about. That's that's a lot, how a lot of people get. That's how most people get ahead by putting somebody else down, blaming the other guy. You know, so if there isn't if there isn't a problem, people will make a problem. That's that's I think that's our generation. I think that's why so many kids our age are developed these. You know, they have everything that they need, but they still have problems. You know, you know, you know, you co- your parents pay for college and, you know, you have everything you need and, you know, you're depressed and you have anxiety and you have a drug problem. It's almost like people, human beings have to make problems for themselves. And that's why they that's almost how they uh, I agree with identify that. themselves. I 100 percent agree with that. Yes, because yeah. if you don't have adversity. Like, a, a person, in order to grow, you need some kind of adversity. Absolutely. So, like, if you have everything just given to you, it's almost like it's almost like instinctual to find adversity to grow. So, you get hooked on drugs when you don't need drugs. That, you know, that, that's probably, you know, part of the, uh, you know, human nature is that, you know, survival. Survival, you have to be active, you know. And um, I remember, um, I can't remember who it was, but uh, he was talking about how, why now? At least in America, why are there so many mental health problems? Now, okay, we can address them better and diagnose them better because we have more knowledge. But why are there so much more cases of anxiety, you know, and depression now when things are so good? But back in you know the Great Depression, there weren't as many, you know. There wasn't as much known in the medical community about panic attacks, anxiety, general anxiety disorder. And I almost think it's because when, you know, they had so much on their plate that maybe they had, you know, they had to overcome that. And maybe just as a people, maybe as Americans, but maybe as a people ourselves, we need to identify obstacles, whether they're real or they're not real. We have to make... If we don't have obstacles, maybe we have to make them. We have to make problems. I also think if you give something a, a, a title or a name, it's easier for someone to 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 to, to cling onto it. Like, um, uh, 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 what's the um the disorder that uh fucking you 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 uh, short ex- short attention span? What's that ADHD? one? ADHD. Attention deficit disorder. Hyper. ADD. Yeah. Um, that's a relatively new thing, but uh, I'm sure people have had a short attention span or had problems paying attention for all eternity. But now that there's a name for it, when when you find yourself not paying attention, you're like, oh, I have ADD. I'm sorry. What did you say? I was looking at that squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I have ADD now that we're on the subject. But now, if there was no such thing as ADD, 
I would just be like, oh, I can't remember stuff. Let's move on. I'm sure that, you know, throughout, you know, the ages, there were plenty of different diseases that we still exist today. But I think that we have different ones now. Like I was saying, the diseases of affluence, that your brain, you have, since you're, everything is taken care of, your brain goes stagnant. Crazy leg syndrome? Something like that, yeah. That's I real. Mean, That's a real thing. You know? Oh, yeah, sure. I don't know the technical term. It's crazy fucking Jimmy legs or something. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh, I think it's active leg syndrome or some shit. It's when you go to sleep and your, your leg starts moving And you around. can't help but move your legs. You're awake. You're not sleeping. You're awake and you're just moving your fucking legs like an animal. I get that sometimes. Maybe it might be just because of being nervous or something. Yeah, but then you go to sleep. But these know. people, they don't go to sleep because they're moving their legs too much. Did you know <laughs> you, there's something called exploding head syndrome? I saw that movie Scanners. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's uh, actually um, basically you're you're sleeping and all of a sudden it feels like your head explodes. This has actually happened to me on two or three different occasions. It uh, usually happens when you take uh, like a, some kind of a, a sedative or something like that. I remember the first time it happened to me. Uh, I woke up after a long night of drinking, and the second time it happened, I think it was because I took some Nyquil or something like that, and. Um, you know, you're sleeping, and all of a sudden, you're awakened by an explosion that goes off in your head. And it's real. It's called exploding head syndrome. What, what is it? Does the explosion sound like? It's just all of a sudden, you're sleeping, and all of a sudden, boom! Your head goes, oh, my, what the hell was that? I thought um, the first time it happened to me, I had thought that um, uh, a framed picture had fallen off of my wall and smacked me in the head. And then I realized, there's no picture there. And uh, it's a real medical term. It's a real medical thing, and it's... It's funny if you ask me. It doesn't hurt you or anything like that. There's no. How loud is it? I it mean, it just feels like a bang goes off in your head, like pop, like a gunshot goes I off think next I've to your ear. I've had that. Well, you've woken up and pop. Yeah, it I've happens. woken up and went to see who was outside. <laughs> like, that, like what the fuck was that noise? Yeah, it's a possibility, especially if um you've ever you. It usually happens when you take some kind of sedative. So if you're drinking or taking a sleep aid or maybe some behavioral medications, um, I guess it tends to activate it more but uh it's uh, it's a real thing do you ever have the fucking sleep paralysis all the time dude that's the scariest fucking thing in the world happens to me all the time that is like can you i actually got to the point where i started controlling it it happened so much where like uh, for those who don't know sleep paralysis is when you're sleeping your mind wakes up but your body doesn't and it's like you're trapped within your own head it's pretty much everyone's worst nightmare and what you do is, what I do personally, when I get sleep paralysis, I can feel my, I'm pretty much just in my head. That's it. I'm in my head and I can feel, it's almost like, okay, forget about my body. My body's out the window. It's almost like my head has a soul and I'm trying to move it to the left as hard as I can and I can't move it. And then eventually you're like, and you snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, you, no matter, it's like being paralyzed. It's like you. It feels like your arms and your legs weigh a thousand pounds, and you can feel maybe you can feel your hand arm move and just actually you know what bit. you can. You're trying the hardest, the hardest you move. can. Oh, it's the worst. It's really scary. But uh, it, you know, some people think it happened. Maybe has to do with um, the way you're sleep. It's because your brain and your body don't wake up at the same time. It's the worst. I, it's actually, you know what? It hasn't happened so long. It's gonna happen tonight. Now I just fucking jinxed myself. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> uh, the only, the, I'm, what scares me though is that God forbid, somebody like breaks into my house, and there I am, and I can't do anything about it. 
You're a dick, bro. That's that's. I never even <laughs> thought of that. Now that's gonna happen tonight. What's gonna happen is I'm gonna have sleep paralysis, head explosion, breaking. That's right. That's why I keep a shotgun next to my bed. I have a I have a William Wallace sword. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> oh, that's better than nothing. I got a William Wallace sword and a Frank Oliva Detroit Tigers 1950 baseball bat. Which is no match against the gun, I tell you that. No, it's not. All right, so let's wrap this up real quick. What's the future of the country? Do you have any insight on that at all? Where are we going? I mean, to me, it looks like we're fucking doomed. And, um, we, and there can't be another revolution because the government has too many fucking guns. There, there's not going to be a revolution because we're too lazy. Nobody cares anymore. They want they want their MTV. They want their supersized milkshakes, you know. They want their Kim Kardashian, and they don't care. About anything else, because when you have everything else you need, when you're not worried about food and we're not worried about so much about money, then you start caring about stupid shit. And I, I don't know. I mean, you, when you, unfortunately, I mean, those things do happen. Civilizations fall and they die. Like I talk about uh, uh, in the story that I wrote, uh, Gray Light Ghost. It's a little short story about the future, and um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it could be a future America. Maybe it could be future future world, and it definitely talks about uh, social. And there's some just social inequalities, and there's um, political paradigms and things like that. But part of what I talk about it is uh, something I call uh, in the story. I call it the win- the Wonder Wheel of Civilization. And um, that's just a little title I put on it myself for um, for the stories, uh, fanciness. But um, in uh, is the Wonder Wheel of Civilization like kind of like Rome, where they rose to power and fell? Very much. Right. That's that's um, that's something that I learned when I went to school for archaeology, cultural history, things like that. Basically, every single uh, every single civilization follows the same pattern. It's a circle. There's general disarray. Then people come together around centers of wealth and distri- uh, distribution. And then they progress and they grow and they grow until they get to a golden age. And in the golden age, there's so much that it starts to topple over on itself. There's corruption and greed right where we are. And then it crumbles and then it falls. And then there's revolution. And then there's disarray. And then there's chaos. And from the chaos... Then there's going to be, again, there's going to be some organization, people to come together, and then civilization. It goes around and around and around. You've seen it with everything. Rome, you're going to see it with us. People think that, you know, when you watch the uh, doomsday prepper stuff like that, you know, you know, uh, yeah, okay, these people might be a little bit crazy if the thing's going to happen tomorrow. Probably not. But it's a fact of history. It's a fact of culture. That America will fall. All civilizations fall. Here's the fucked up thing is, part of the wheel is corruption. Now, is that governmental corruption? People? It could be anything. It could be, uh, uh, for Rome, for instance, you know, politicians and the emperor, you know, they just had so much money that they're blowing it. They're wasting it on shit that they don't need. They're drinking all the time. They're fornicating all the time they're not paying attention to you know um civil needs and things like that not paying attention the foreign hordes come in take advantage of you know 
this disease state because it's not healthy. So, you know, it, um, for, you know, for a civilization to fall, it can happen at both ends. It can happen at the bottom. It can happen at the top. Here's the thing that scares me about that is you see corruption within our government and the age we live in, information has passed so fucking fast. For instance, our mayor, Mayor Bloomberg, um, the prior mayor was Giuliani and Bloomberg did not want him to run for a third term. It was against the law, against the rules. Bloomberg becomes mayor. He says, you know what? I'm going to run for a third term. I'm changing the law. He runs for He wins the third term. Right. Because he's got millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's a form of corruption. Um, Bush Bush going into Iraq because of weapons of mass destruction. Bad, bad inf- information. I don't know who was behind it. There's got to be some form of corruption there. But everybody knows it. It's in front of our faces. Of course. There's always and there's nobody's going to do nothing about it. It's just going to happen. You it's know, like we're watching it happen. People, you know, people chalk it up to conspiracy theories and stuff like that. I don't think that it's conspiracy theories. I think that a lot of different people just want to get some money and they don't care what happens to other people. You know, it's just a uh it's just a decline in uh moral aptitude and when it happens at the to you know at the highest levels to people who have power, it affects everybody else. So, you know, it's possible for you know one rotten apple to spoil the whole bunch, you know. Uh, it's basically you know it's uh it's up to the people, it's up to the masses to uh, they ain't gonna do nothing to wake up. It's not gonna happen. Everyone, up. like you said, everyone's too lazy, and they want to protect their own shit. And no one's gonna. There's a couple revolutionaries out there, maybe even a co- maybe a couple thousand. It's you know, not gonna help. Basically, people, whether it's through the government, through the media. Basically, people with money, they pacify people. You know, if you take a look at a movie like uh, George Lucas's uh, THX 1138, I think it is. With Duval, yeah. Yeah. They're giving these people, they're giving them pills, and they take the pills, and, it, and you know, it controls their emotions and things like that, so they don't have to think about whatever it is. And, you sounds, know, it's just... Uh, sounds kind of familiar. Yeah. It's just... Uh, Xanax, Prozac... Fucking all that shit. All that stuff. Some of that shit, it, it, I guess it really helps people, but... Sure, but, you know, that's... I mean, think about why there's a there's a prescription drug problem all over America. Apparently, just, just recently, drug overdoses have become the number one leading um, cause of death over uh, car accidents. That's insane. And the reason why is that, you know, I just think that now... People have more money, you know, they have, uh, you know, they they see more that they want more, that they're told to have more, and maybe they can't get it, and instead of, you know, or maybe either they can't get it, or they just don't believe that they can get it, so what they do is they pacify themselves. They, you know, way back when, people turned to the bottle, now kids are... To the bottle, the prescription bottle, oxycontins, all that stuff, Percocets, Vicodins, not so much Vicodins, mostly oxycontin. That's just like heroin, really. The people are killing themselves. They're killing themselves, and I think that maybe partially because, you know, our generation was told, you know, you're going to be, 
you know, every generation is supposed to do better and better and better. And, you know, um, for instance, I guess you could use, uh, you know, my family or, or many families, uh, you know, great grandparents came over from Europe and then grandfather was born here. He did well. And then now, you know, they were from a queen, you know, from the city to Queens to, you know, to the suburbs, you know, so now my dad did really well for himself and I'm supposed to do better than my dad, but I don't have the same opportunities. And now maybe I can't do as good as my dad. Maybe I got I'm going to end up doing worse. And a lot of people see that they get out of college. Their parents never went to college. These, these people send their kids to college. They're supposed to do big and enormous things and they don't do them. And they can't do them. College is is, is college is a lot of fucking money. It's like a waste, actually. I, a lot of people go to college, spend all this money, and then have nothing to show for it. Most of my, I went to college, and I, I think that it was just great because I learned. I don't sound like corny or anything. Like most people, you know, go to college, we're gonna party, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, the partying was fun, but for me, it was stimulating my brain all the time, and I didn't realize that until I left college. I'm not challenging my brain anymore. You know? Well, I think this this goes right back around to when we started this conversation about creativity and wanting more. And um, I think I want to I just want to talk start talking about that story you wrote, which you brought up real quick. But um, uh, you want to take a break? Sure. Let's let's take a break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, maybe some movies, great like Ghost. Great. Sure. All right, we're gonna end this episode right here with Mark. Stay tuned next week, uh, part two with Mark, where we talk about the uh, science fiction story he wrote. I read it. I found it excellent. And I'm also going to leave a link on my website to, uh, you can go read the story yourself at uh, gungo.podbean.com. All right, guys, as usual, Mike Russo NY on all your social media outlets and Mike Russo NY gmail.com. Stay tuned next week, part two with Mark. We're also going to talk about uh, some sci-fi movies and whatnot. And as always, every week, Breaking Bad Podcast. Check it out. Thanks. Bye.